Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. So you can't be like a saint in the pulpit and then absent at home. And then your kids go nuts. And God's going to, it's for dads, I can speak on behalf of dads. For anybody who serves in ministry, I can tell you this. You'll be held to a standard of accountability before Jesus himself saying, yeah, you did that church thing really well, but where were you at home? Where were you at home? Well, the church is all that mattered. No, your house is what mattered. And you were an unfaithful servant. The calling of all believers covers their entire lives, and especially for those who are in a place of leadership. If you've been around the church long enough, you are probably familiar with the reputation of the pastor's kids. They're frequently known for their rebellious nature. In some cases, that's due to the absence of their father. They're so busy taking care of the congregation that they tend to neglect their own family. As Pastor James will explain in today's message, the family is every father's first ministry. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Leviticus chapter 20 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. let her know. Look how he treats his mom, because that's how he'll treat you. Okay, if he's a jerk to his mom, run away. Don't have anything to do with him, because he'll be a jerk to you. If he has no, re- no respect for his mom, be cautious of that, because that's a reflection. You, we should honor, this is something that, like, I, I honor my mom. It's easy for me to honor my mom. That was easy, because she raised us, single parent. Tons of respect for my mom. She had the hardest job ever, raising all four of us, us kids, bad kids, um, raising us, and now we're all walking with the Lord, which is incredible in and of itself. But that was easy. Honoring my dad was not easy. But you know what? There's no loophole. There's no loophole. And my pastor from Amarillo, he, he nailed me on this one day. He says, James, you still need to honor your dad. He says, the Bible still says to honor your dad. I'm like, yeah, but. He's like, no, no yeah buts. No. He's like, that's what the word says. And he understood what that meant because that was a difficult thing for him. And he understood where I was coming from and the past hurts and the pains and all that stuff. And he's like, the Bible doesn't give us a way out. And so that was a difficult one for me. It was a difficult one for me. I'm still working on that. My dad has now since passed away two years now and you know, I won't have that opportunity to make amends or anything like that, but I've, the Lord has given me ways to honor him in just, just various other ways. This is an important one. And God's like, take this thing seriously. Take this whole family thing seriously. Verse 11, if a man violates his father, here you go. Here's where the fun begins. All right, here, uh, if a man violates his father by New Living Translation, having sex with one of his father's wives, multiple wives, why are you even doing that? Um, both the man and the woman must be put to death. Okay, that's good. Um, for they are guilty of a capital offense. Yeah. Oh, I, I missed one. I think my wife, although I'm not dyslexic, she gave me a zero one. It's, is it 10, verse 10? Okay, so maybe I am dyslexic. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't miss that one. 
I, she's my she's my one. So like I miss verses all the time. So I'm like, you got to do something to get my attention. And holding up the numbers in the wrong order, that did it. Um, <laughs> my brain's like, I think it's no, it's okay. Um, if a man commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, oh yeah, we don't want to skip this one. Uh, both the man and the woman have committed adultery, must be put to death. Wow, that's pretty uh, harsh penalty. All right. So again, God's saying, I take relationships seriously. So you should too. The family unit, seriously. So you should too. The next verse that I read, the 11, having sex with one of his father's wives, don't do that. Okay, don't, be, don't, be, don't have multiple wives. Number one, don't do that. Um, but we see these things broken, and it's not even that, that technically that long after this, with David and David's own family. Absalom did this publicly on the roof, like, hey, get one of my father's wives. Um, and he, he had sex with one of his father's wives out in the open so everybody could see this. Crazy. Don't do that. That's bad. Uh, bad idea. Verse 12 because I can count. Uh, if a man has sex with his daughter-in-law, why? Uh, both must be put to death. They have committed a perverse act, yes, and are guilty of a capital offense. If a man practices, oh no, here, this will get us in trouble, practices homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman, both men have committed a detestable act. They must be put to death, for they are guilty of a capital offense. Nobody wants you to read that verse today. And well, in fact, there are some liberal theologians that would say, actually, that's not what's saying what you think it's saying. Actually, the Bible is, actually, is for homosexuality. They will tell you this. You can, you can go on YouTube right now. You'll see thousands of videos telling you of theologians who would say, James is wrong, we're right. And here's how he's misinterpreted this passage of Scripture, and all these other guys have misinterpreted this passage of Scripture. I'm not going to go into those details, because I'm going to tell you this. Uh, what it's talking about in the Hebrew is two dudes coming together and having sex. And the Bible says, that's not good. It's sin. It's sin. And I know we don't want to talk. I know this is going to become less and less acceptable and this, you know, you certainly can't live stream this stuff. And if you're in Canada, they can even arrest you and put you in prison for saying this stuff. It's what the word says. And the word says this for a reason, for a reason. It's not because the Bible hates people or certain people, but it's saying you can't do these things because this is not honoring to God, nor is it honoring to the family dynamic that God has created. This is not natural. Despite what other people may be saying, this is unnatural. We've gone through years and years of trying to, of hearing studies of like, no, this is just, this is natural. This is, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, it, but it's not. And let me read to you from Romans chapter one. This helps bring clarity. Okay. Again, another passage of scripture that don't read that one. This, this will get you in trouble. I don't, this is what the word says. Okay. From the New Testament. This is from the New Testament. Verse 18 of chapter 1 of Romans, it says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful and wicked people who, what? Who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. 
It says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So, verse 24, God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. Why? Because they don't want to worship him. So if this is what you want, I'll give you what you want. And they, this directly applies to where we're at in Leviticus. This is abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about, about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their, their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. And he goes on to say that they they just refused. They refused to acknowledge him. They refused to acknowledge him. And you go back into Leviticus chapter 20, and God's saying, don't do this stuff. But the people were like, we don't want to worship you. And God's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to force you to worship me. I'll just give you, I'll let you worship whatever you want to worship, and you will become like that thing that you want to worship in one sense. Not that you can become God or anything like that, but he's given them over to their, their wicked desires. But he warned them, don't do this. This isn't safe. This isn't good. You shouldn't do this. And they said, Ultimately, they're going to say, just like the world that was around them, we don't want to worship you. We don't want to follow you. He's like, okay, all right, then have it your way. Then have it your way. I mean, he's establishing this warning. And this, again, this isn't because like God, oh, like God hates these people and all that stuff. No, God actually cares about people. He's like, I don't want you to suffer needlessly. It's a hard verse. It's a hard little text to go through. But I mean, come on, this is, if you don't, if you don't believe that God actually loves people, then, then why do we have John 3.16 memorized? I mean, he, he, loved, he, loved, he loved these people. And even these rebellious people that are like, at the end of this whole thing, they're going to be like, amen, we'll do everything you say to do and all this good stuff. And then the next day, they totally rebel on him. He still sent his son to die on, die on the cross for all these people, for us and, and everybody. But he, because he loves us, he's letting us know, he's letting them know, these things are harmful. These things are damaging. You should stay away from these things. We know better. We know better. Okay, have it your way. You know better. Have it your way. Verse 14, right? 14, yeah. 
a, oh, here we go. Um, this is a fun one. If a man marries both a woman and her mother, <laughs> why? why? Um, save your mother-in-law jokes. You can use that in your discussion group time. Um, he has committed a wicked act. The man and both women must be burned to death to wipe out such wickedness from among you. Burned to death. It's a capital offense. If a man, verse, nine, or verse 15, if a man has sex with an animal, bestiality, he must be put to death. Any animal must be killed as well. If a woman presents herself to a male animal to have intercourse with it, she and the animal must be put to death. You must kill both, for they are guilty of a capital offense. This was far more common in this region of the world than probably what we realize. Crazy. Given over to a depraved mind, though. We refuse to worship God. Oh, well, let's see where that leads you. Not that all leads down this path, but you get here because you rebel against God. Remember, Romans 1, there's, there's no excuse. The evidence has been displayed for all to see. If a woman, yeah, no, I already read that one. I don't want to read that again. Um, if I never read those verses again, for a long, long time, I'll be happy. Verse 17, if a man, if a man marries his sister, why? Uh, the daughter of his, either his father or his mother, like it matters, and they have sexual relations, it is a shameful disgrace. Of course it is. They must be publicly cut off from the community. Since a man has violated his sister, he will be punished for his sin. This happened in David's family as well. If a man has sexual relations with a woman during her menstrual period, both of them must be cut off from the community. You don't have to be killed, but you're just cut off for a time period from the community, for together they have exposed the source of her blood flow. Do not have sexual relations with your aunt, whether your mother's sister or your father's sister. This would dishonor a close relative. Both parties are guilty and will be punished for their sin. What punishment? I don't know, but just... Don't do it. Let's move on. Um, these are bad things. We don't want, none of this is allowed, okay? If a man has sex with his uncle's wife, uh, he has violated his uncle. Both the man and the woman will be punished for their sin. They will die childless. It's a different punishment that's uh, dished out with that one. If a man marries his brother's wife, uh, it is an act of impurity. He has violated his brother, and the guilty couple will remain childless. Now, clearly, this is talking about when that brother is alive, okay? So if that brother is dead, then there's a Leverite, Leverite law, which the brother then would marry his brother's wife so that he can carry on the name. This isn't what that's talking about. This is like, that brother's still alive, and you married his wife, and that's just gross. Don't do that. Verse 22, you must keep all my decrees and regulations by putting them into practice. We're reminded of that again. Otherwise, the land which I am bringing you as your new home will vomit you out. Do not live according to the customs of the people I am driving out before you. It is because they do these shameful things that I detest them. So this whole list is something that is, was currently being practiced in Canaan. And God, God's not making up stuff. He's like, well, let's hypothetically this scenario. No, he's not saying that. He's like, this is what's going on. This is what you're about to walk into. You do not live like these people. You're different, sanctified, set apart. Verse 24, but I have promised you, you will possess their land because I will give it to you as your possession, a land of flowing of milk and honey. 
I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from all other people. You must therefore make a distinction between ceremonially clean and unclean animals and between clean and unclean birds. You must not defile yourself by eating any unclean animal or bird or creature that scurries along the ground. I have identified them as being unclean for you. We've already gone through that whole list. You must be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. To be my very own. You should underline that within your Bible. He wanted to set you apart so he would have exclusive rights to you. Like Nobody loves me. Well, God does. Nobody cares about me. God does. Nobody sees me. God does. And he died for you. Why? So you could be his very own. So you could be his very own. That's pretty special. That's pretty incredible. Oh, and here's, a, here's an odd bit that was dropped in the last part of this chapter. Men and women among you who act as mediums or who consult the spirits of the dead must be put to death by stoning, <laughs> right? You go through this whole list of like, wait, all that capital offense stuff was at the beginning. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, yeah. Let me get back to those, uh, those palm reader guys again. Um, yeah, just, just, just stone them, right? And you're like, wow, uh, they are guilty of a capital offense, Okay. So those are the punishments, all the punishment stuff. And there you go. That's the last of the punishment stuff. And we are done with that forever in Leviticus, forever. Praise God. Um, so, you know, you got a little checklist that you wrote down as you went through that chapter, right? No, this is bad. No, you shouldn't have had to write down anything. You've been like, that's all bad. Like, I don't even think about any of that stuff. And why did we even read through that? Um, because, again, the, the depravity of man, apart from God, I mean, this is what you get. This is what we get. Chapter 21. This goes by really fast, so hold on to your seats. Um, This is all about the priest, okay? The instructions for the priest. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail because we've already covered some of this in previous chapters. The Lord said to Moses, give the following instruction to the priest, the descendants of Aaron. A priest must not make himself ceremonially unclean by touching the dead body of a relative, Why? I don't know. Um, The only exceptions are his closest relatives, his mother or father, son or daughter, brother or his virgin sister who depends on him because she has no husband. Now, if she had gotten married, then he can't defile. What what it's saying there is not like, because if you're, you know, have a junior high brain like me, you're thinking like, they're actually touching dead people? No, they weren't doing that. But if there was a funeral going on, you couldn't even go inside the house because then technically you'd be defiled. So God's saying, you can't just show up to somebody's funeral um, unless it's somebody that's a close relative of yours, if you're a priest. This applies to the priest. Now, there's a whole other rule for the high priest. They can't, even, they can't even come into the same place. But for the priest, it's like, you can't just, you, you gotta, if it's your family, then that's fine. Verse uh, Four, it says, but a priest must not defile himself or make himself unclean for someone who is related to him only by marriage. The priest must not shave their heads or trim their beards or cut their, their bodies. They must be set apart as holy to their God and must never bring shame upon the name of God. They must be holy for they are the ones who present the special gifts, the sacrifices to the Lord, gifts of food for their God. So he's, he's clearly stating, if you're a priest, if you're a minister, you live 
differently. And the priests and ministers of these pagan religions would sometimes shave their heads. Uh, they would cut themselves, and that's a ceremonial thing that has nothing to do with, that. Had, again, we've covered this before, has nothing to do with tattoos or anything like that. And tattoo was mentioned. We already covered that. But that's not, that's for the dead. That was ceremonial. That's a worship thing, okay? Tattoos, good. Cutting yourself for dead, bad, right? Like, we get that, right? Okay? For the priest, you must be set apart. And you got to even even compared to this regular congregation, like you got it, you're held to a, a higher standard. And these are just the priests. We're not even to the high priest yet. It says priests may not marry a woman who uh, a woman defiled by prostitution. Okay, so there's one. You can be married, but you just can't marry a prostitute. And they may not marry a woman who is divorced from her her husband. So, and the, the reasoning behind that could be the fact of, well, what was the cause of the divorce? Was it adultery and all that? So there's, there's a distinction that has to be made there. It says, for the priests are set apart as holy to their God. You must treat them as holy because they offer up food to your God. You must consider them holy because I, the Lord, am holy and I make you holy. I make you holy. There you go. If a priest's daughter defiles herself by becoming a prostitute, she also defiles her father's holiness, and she must be burned to death. Well, that's pretty serious. God takes even how the priest and how he manages his household pretty seriously, too. So you can't be like a saint in the pulpit and then absent at home, and then your kids go nuts. And God's going to, it's for dads, I can speak on behalf of dads, for anybody who serves in ministry, I can tell you this. You'll be held to a standard of accountability before Jesus himself saying, yeah, you did that church thing really well, but where were you at home? Where were you at home? Well, the church is all that mattered. No, your house is what mattered, and you were an unfaithful servant. You played the part, but you were unfaithful. And that, you you know, we know the deal. I mean, your kids are going to do what your kids are going to do, but my goodness, we should not give them avenues or opportunities to go out and and just go crazy because as men, we're not there for them and leading them in a Christ-like manner. These priests are held to a higher standard. God's like, hey, your daughter goes nuts. That's a reflection on you. That's a reflection on you. And you're like, I don't like that. That's how it is. There's There's a high standard to being a, a husband, to being a father, to being a, a, a minister. There's a high standard to these things. And we should never seek to lower the bar. God has set the bar. And we should never try to make it easier for anybody. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, pull up your boots, man. Like, get to work. Like, there's no time. We're not going to, there's no participation trophies in this thing. It's, that's, that's nonsense. By the grace of God, we show up every single day, and we battle. We battle for our families. We battle for our churches. This is like a battle cry for men in churches. Men need to show up in churches. The the ladies can do church really well, really well. This is like a battle cry for men because, man, there should be leaders in the church. They're like fighters for the church and fighters for families and fighters for communities. Oh, 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 oh.
Pastor James Grizzle has been making his way through the book of Leviticus here on Bread for the Broken. Leviticus can be a tough book to get through, with all of its rules and regulations, and sometimes it can be hard to see why we should learn any of that at all today. But every book in the Old Testament points to the person of Jesus. Several of the chapters in Leviticus deal with people who have sinned unintentionally, and then later come to realize their sin. God lays out for them the steps to take in order to receive forgiveness. Now, the people of Israel brought sacrifices to the priests to pay for those sins. But we have a great high priest in Jesus who offered himself as a sacrifice. Leviticus 6-7 says, And the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord, and he shall be forgiven. How amazing is it that we have this great high priest who has atoned for all of our sins? The mission of Bread for the Broken is to help people find hope and new life in Jesus. If you'd like to join us in that mission, we have an opportunity for you to donate and to help us spread the word. Head on over to breadforthebroken.com to join us in the mission today. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, you can explore all of the other messages and share them with your friends. And if you're in the Galveston, Texas area, we'd love to see you in a service at Calvary Galveston. We're here Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. But if you can't make it, we stream all of our services on Facebook. Well, we're out of time for today. We'll see you again next time here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.